vital, vital advice for your everyday life. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm sort of, eh, I'm, well, I don't know. I don't really feel like I'm super stoked about this episode. I'm actually a little bit nervous and I have been pretty nervous about it for about a week and I've uh, put it off recording it because I did not want to approach this topic from a place of bias or a place that sounded like I was coming off of my high horse down to a group of people that can't relate to me. I personally don't ever want to come across that way so I took it upon myself to first make sure that I was implementing exactly what I was talking about and pre like practicing what I preach. Like I wanted to make sure that I understood from a place of empathy what I think is needed in order to succeed in understanding women. So I reversed it and I made sure that everything that I wrote down I was using and I can tell you with full assurity that it is very difficult. I understand. I get it. But that doesn't mean that it's not important to do and it doesn't mean that it's not something that you should be doing. I actually think that through the process of me trying to do the hard work and trying to figure out how to better understand men through these exact same pathway that I'm presenting today, the guide, um, I was able to learn more about men, understand them, and understand how I can better interact with them. But it was hard, okay? So I'm, I'm, I really didn't even really want to have this conversation. It had been suggested to me to talk on it. I presented it to my audience on Instagram, and the vote was a resounding, you need to talk about this. And I, I was not thrilled because I was hoping to have a more uplifting topic today. Um, something about like, you know, the books that I read or something a little bit more fun. This, however, you, you really cannot come to this topic and not have a humbling moment in order to talk about it. You really do have to humble yourself and understand that this isn't something that you're able to do because of your own natural tendencies. Okay, so let's approach that. But I do want to once again point out that this is not something that I'm saying you should do because you're wrong, but you should do it because it's not something that is inherent to do. I understand that. Okay, so this is what I want to say. I am not angry at men for not understanding women in any way, but it can be frustrating. And I feel like the majority of the dialogue that I hear from the men who don't understand women and who are requesting this guide comes from a place where you aren't succeeding because you're not listening is like kind of the basis of what I have seen because women haven't been quiet about what makes us tick and what frustrates us and what we feel like our challenges are and how we feel or why we feel or why we do what we do. We have been telling you. However, you don't understand it from your perspective. Therefore, you don't incorporate it into your reality and you kind of ignore it and or downplay it because it's not something you understand. 
Okay? That is actually what you need to be learning how to do, not given a comprehensive guide over a blanket statement of women, which by the way, I don't think anyone on this planet could confidently provide for you because women are not just like this spawned creature that has the same chemical and traumatic experiences with every other woman. We are a combination of our traumas and our cultures and our environment that we grew up in, whether it's a culture that is a family culture or a culture that is a culture that we grew up in, in a certain country, in a certain state, or a certain segment of the world. The issue that I see is that you don't need more information from us about women. What you need is to accept what women have already said and will continue to say and have said about their reality and really incorporate it and accept it into your reality. Stop segmenting it out into this is a woman's issue and understand it as a humanity issue. This is my issue too because I accept this woman's reality into my reality. So what I really wanna say <laughs> to summarize is by the end of this episode, if you're not sitting down with the women in your life and interviewing them and asking the questions, which I will provide for you so you do know how like, you will have at least a starting point to begin that conversation with, but hopefully you will dive deeper into that topic from those, but I will give you at least a starting point learn about them and then accept whatever they say no matter if it challenges your ideas whether it makes you feel like maybe you did something wrong or if it makes you feel like you are being minimized in your experiences whatever it is you're going to have to swallow your ego for a moment and allow that reality to set in it is so hard it is so hard i know but you have to do it if you're going to understand women just like i have to do it with my own ego to understand men so if you don't do that by the end of this episode, if you're not like ready to go, or if you don't at least plan to do it, then I, in my opinion, you failed. You failed in your mission as a human being. You really should be learning about experiences outside of your own norm. Okay, so I did a little test kind of example of how this can be harder than you think to do. So a woman's reality needs to first become a part of your reality. That's step one with those questions. I will give you some information as well on understanding the female brain circuitry because believe it or not, it is different from yours. There's much of the brain that is identical to yours, but there's also much of the brain that is not. And I will tell you not only the shape and the structure of the brain, but also how the circuitry works so that you can have kind of a foundational. And it really does help. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that even when I was researching it, it made me go, that makes so much more sense about why men feel that way. That makes way more sense to me why women react that way and we don't act that way like men because of the way this works. It will help you. So I do recommend that you pay attention to when I talk about the brain circuitry later on in this episode. But remember, that's only one puzzle piece, which is one little baby piece of the puzzle. You wanna understand everything about women. You need to first open yourself up and internalize their reality, period. That it really is. That's your comprehensive guide, really. Every time you are presented with something that is related to this topic, if you were able to pause and realize this is not a part of your reality and that's what you're feeling, and that this, regardless if you agree with it or not, you have to accept that that reality exists. Mm, okay, all right. 
the biggest holdups is your ego, letting it have a little bit of injury. And then also the fact that the human brain naturally is going to have a feeling of cognitive dissonance when presented with new information that sometimes can feel like goes against what is logical or it feels it goes against what our core values. That's what cognitive dissonance usually is. Um, if you have never heard of cognitive dissonance, hi, welcome to my podcast. We like to talk about that and, you know, hit it head on. You know, we don't, we don't skirt around it. Cognitive dissonance for, you know, FYI happens when actions or ideas are presented before us that go against one or more of our beliefs, the, the beliefs we hold on reality or the sensible actions that we perceive to be logical or our feelings, our ideas, our values, etc. And the results usually make you feel like you're having some sort of psychological stress pressed on you, that you're desperate to resolve the contradiction in the new information presented to you with the old information that you held as one of your core beliefs. So this can tend to lead us into a hypocritical stance on belief um, in general, or lead us to retreat from changing our minds on something even when new information is presented before us and is real. Let me tell you, friends, this is not a place you want to be. Cognitive distant cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is unstable and honestly closed-minded. And that's not how that is not the advice I want to give to you. I don't want you to be unstable and close-minded. I want you to be very stable and open-minded to other walks of life. If you want some real vital advice, never allow yourself to stay too long in the mindset that you're the expert in pretty much anything. Take every chance you get to gain new information and change your mind. That really is like, that's the key vital advice I have for you today. Don't stay too long in the thought that you are an expert and allow yourself to change your mind. I don't allow myself to stay in the mindset that I'm an expert on anything because that is where close-mindedness starts. That is where you have stopped allowing yourself to adapt to your, to your environment. And that's not how we are going to be better people. So there's your vital advice. Okay, so here's the, um, here's the horse pill you gotta swallow. In my experience, there has been no one more defensive than a man listening to a woman's reality. If you want to know more about a woman, then stop getting in your own way. And if it has um, ever felt like it was a personal attack on you, I want to reassure you that it never was. It is an expression of what we deal with when we talk about our challenges. It is not directed at you unless it really is like, Sean, pick up the trash. Okay, maybe that is directed at you. But in general, when we talk about real things that we go through, we are just talking about the experience in and of itself. We just want to be seen and we want to be understood. Remember the response to the Me Too movement a few years ago? You remember how defensive everyone got about that? Like it was like a personal wound on their ego when the Me Too movement happened. Men were, didn't know what to do. And it was a, a huge divide, I have to say. Um, it was almost like 50% of men were like in denial that it was a reality at all. 25% probably minimized the situation with the not all men statement as like a rebuttal. And then there was like that shining 25% remainder of the men who actually listened and cared to understand it and made efforts to be different. There were men, obviously, as I just showed you, not all men were the same, but 
it was very difficult to understand that reality that women faced, was it not? Okay, there you go. Here's your first example. Even in that 25%, like give or take, obviously most statistics are shit. So like, don't take this as Bible, but 25% will say there was a level of resentment that I could feel from those men, even that the reality had to change because it meant they had to pay attention now to a different part of reality that before they were able to ignore. It's hard. I get it. This is a great example of that. I'm going to go on a little tangent here. The not all men statement, to be honest with you, is the most no shit Sherlock insecure defensive statement that they could have come up with. And I'll tell you why, because yeah, you are right. Not all men. Not all men understand what the Me Too movement was about. Not all men care. Not all men were sexual predators. And not all men were in that statistic that were hurting women. 1000%. But I would like to add to that statement that the point that the women were making wasn't all men. It was making that this keeps happening. We are in danger. We are not safe at work or in public places. Do you not see how systemic this is? That is what we were saying. Not all men. Okay. And this is still happening to us. That is where women, first of all, first learning lesson right here. Women feel minimized when they bring up their challenges. Stop doing that. Accept it for what it is, whether you like the reality or not. And don't minimize their experience. And in reverse, women, if you're listening, do the same. Just accept it for what it is and don't minimize it just because you can't relate to it. That will help 99% of your relationships. Just starting there. Hello, Primmy. Thank you for the interruption. You're so cute. Okay, now she's mad at me because I'm not playing with her and I'm recording. Sorry. Okay, <clears throat> where was I? Where was I? The core issue that I see that we're always going to come back to is the issue of the ego. I did talk about this in my episode on narcissism and referenced why it's important to exercise the weakness of your ego because you can you can try to like bury it and like protect it like a narcissist would and say, no, that's not true because I'm perfect. Or you can allow it to take some hits and to own up to your mistakes and own up to your weaknesses because you're going to be a stronger person for doing that. We all need that to become a better person. And um, in that episode about narcissism, I also talked about Evie Pomporis. Um, I recommend you read her book um, on, I think it's called like, becoming bulletproof because her reaction to repercussions in her actions uh, when she was working as a part of the um, secret service for the president taught her so much and i honestly look at her as probably one of the most intimidating because she's so strong but also inspiring people that i have ever like read work by because i'm not met her i wish i had met her that would be so cool so I recommend you read that book to understand the benefits of admitting when you're wrong um, and not always being right and how that's okay and and like how it's okay to be wrong and without having to minimize anything that you are at your core. Does that make sense? You're able to admit I was wrong, but that doesn't mean that I'm a weak person. I did something that hurt someone else, but I can own up to that because I know I'm not a bad person. 
you're able to really work that muscle. Work the muscle of your ego. It's only going to help you. Be wrong. And understand it's not a weakness or a reflection of your worth or intelligence. Period. The strongest people I know own it when they're wrong and learn from it. If you want to know what you can do for a woman in your life, start here. Here is your roadmap. Step one, allow your ego to take a hit and understand that it is not a weakness to be in that state. Oh, that's going to be hard. I just heard a bunch of people just check out of this episode because that sounds like basically giving up. You're like, oh, yeah, can't do that. Bye. But I get it because I do it. Oh, it's so hard, but it's going to help you. Okay, so let's have some fun for a moment and talk about the poll that I ran on Instagram because I was able to kind of gauge a little bit of responses on this topic through some hard-hitting questions that honestly I felt like the men who follow me might have gotten a little uncomfortable with. Good. This is the point of that. Let's test your ability to understand a woman's experience without minimizing it and without putting you in a place where you feel like you're being blamed because that's not what it is. See if you can figure out how to do that in your head. That's the hard part. Let's see it. Here's the goal. No minimizing, defending, or denying any part of what I say. Let's go. I ask if women felt like they were heard by men when they expressed their challenges, concerns, or worries. Wow, didn't I just talk about that? Well, we're going to look at the poll anyway. The result of this was, and this is an actual statistic that I got, not a bullshit one. 33% said, no, I don't feel heard. And then the other 67% of the vote said, they minimize what I say. Here's a reflection of what you're doing. Who wants to present a reality of a challenge, a concern, or or a general worry that you have in your day-to-day life? Present it to someone who is supposed to be your loved one and have them minimize it. That's not really something to be worried about. That's not logical. No, I don't think that's really what's going on. How helpful is that? This person just opened up a very vulnerable part of them to you saying, this makes me feel small. This makes me feel unsafe. This makes me not want to get up in the morning because I have to go and face that at work. And you just go, that's not what's going on. I don't think that's a real problem. Wow, I really wanna talk to you now. In general, when a woman is presenting any kind of information to you, It's not something for you to challenge. That's not the kind of interaction that we're looking for. Don't challenge or minimize. Listen, understand, definitely react. Like you can provide some like questions like what what makes you feel that way? Or how can I help? That's something that like we honestly are, are seeking from you. But catch yourself minimizing those things. That's another great step in being able to understand women more. Also, this is a great opportunity where you could listen. Remember how I I said at the beginning, the biggest issue is you're not listening. Here's a good example. Just listen. So that was uh, talking about being heard. I then asked if they took safety measures when they went out. Why? Because believe it or not, we are targeted. 
we're targeted for human trafficking in all sorts of situations. And we have to be aware of that just in general. And then there's also just the threat of like, are we going to get mugged? Are we going to get raped? That's just the way it is. So we do have to take safety measures. But I wanted to see what kind of safety measures and when. So this is the poll. 75% of the women who voted on this poll said that they take safety measures every time they go out. Every time. 75% of women, doesn't matter if it's day or night, doesn't matter where they're going, grocery store, the gym, going to work, stepping outside for a walk, they have to take safety measures. This is something that I have been aware is kind of hard for men to fathom, especially when women go traveling. I have expressed in the past in my um, desire to travel to Egypt one day, and I have wanted to do that for years. And every time I bring it up when someone asks, like, where's somewhere you want to travel? I say, Egypt. I'd like to see Cairo. And they say, go do it. And I express to them, maybe one day I will, but I know that I will be targeted there. And so I will have to go with someone else. I don't want to travel alone. And I know I don't know anyone else that would want to go to Egypt. And the reaction I get from the men that I tell this to is so interesting to me because their perspective is, why can't you go alone? I don't understand because for men, you can travel alone. It's not a big deal if you do that because you don't have to take the same safety measures as a woman does. It is way more dangerous for us to go to different parts of the country than it is for men. And that is the end of that statement. That is a reality I want you to pause and internalize and not minimize. You feeling your ego getting worked a little? That's okay. It's all part of the work. This next one I find so fascinating and it's just a great example and honestly um, a fun little piece to put in here because this was the only poll that a man voted on and it, it's pretty hilarious what he said. I asked uh, what perception women have on men whether or not they know that they stare at us because men do stare at us <laughs> believe it or not uh, and the general answer that I got from women was vastly different from what the man said. The man voted on the uh, phrase, men don't stare. My guy, homie, bro, men 1000% stare at women. Check your cognitive dissonance because I don't know where it's at right now, but I don't think that it's on the uh, path of understanding. Yes, this is new information for you, but believe it or not, the majority of men stare at the majority of women around them. And even, even if you are the golden standard of the man who doesn't stare, open your eyes to that reality and start watching the men around you. Because I bet you, you're going to catch men staring at women. I can't even tell you the amount of men that act like NPCs when I walk by them, especially at the gym, a very vulnerable place for women. It's like, an NPC in a video game where they need to like say something to me, you know how like their whole body moves while they watch you. That is how men watch me at the gym. They're not even being discreet about it. This has also happened to me at the gas stations. Just, you know, 
holding the gas thingy, putting it in my car, waiting for the gas up, meant blatantly staring at me from their truck. Not doing anything except for staring. They might have been eating like a like gas station burrito or something, but that is it. Do you know how uncomfortable that is? Because we don't know where that's going to go, especially if we call them out on it. Are we not going to get attacked because we just challenged their ego? It is very uncomfortable and you 1000% do stare at us. It doesn't matter what we're doing or where we're, where we're at. Like, and those are just the guys that don't approach. The guys that do approach are even more terrifying to us. This is a reality. This is every woman's experience everywhere they go. The grocery store, walking outside of our apartment to th throw our trash away. This is what happens. I just want to point out because uh, a few of the answers that the women said is men understand that they're staring at us, but they think we like it. They think it's a compliment or they just generally don't care that it makes us uncomfortable. It's not a compliment and it does make us uncomfortable. There is a proper way to handle seeing someone that you're attracted to and staring, especially staring while you're smiling. Oh God, just don't do it and catch yourself and catch other people and call them out on it if they're doing it because it's, it's not a safe place for us in our mind. Okay, so that might have been a little bit of an exercise for you on your ego, right? Are you feeling a little bit challenged, feeling a little bit of cognitive dissonance, feeling like maybe what I'm saying isn't matching up with what you previously thought was reality? That's okay. Accept the new information. Allow yourself to adapt. It's all part of the process. Are you right? Okay, are you now ready to talk about a little bit of neuroscience? I hope you are because this is my favorite part. It's the whole thing that I, I spent most of my time on. I love neuroscience. So let's talk about the uh, general like differences between men and women. So there are in general like evidence. There's evidence that there are inherent differences in how men and women brains are wired and how they work. So let's just look at the brain structure first though. The men's, men's brains, men's brains in general tend to be larger than women's, but it does not indeed affect anything with their intelligence. Okay, so bigger brain does not mean smarts. Smaller brain does not mean stupid. It's just the size of the brain. They, they have all the same parts. It's just like how those parts interact and the different uh, type of circuitry that's in them is what makes the male brain and the female brain different. First difference, the woman's hippocampus, which is the, uh, the part of the brain which is critical in learning and memorization, is larger than a man's and works differently than a man's actually. Uh, just like juxtapose a man's amygdala associated with the experiences of emotions and the re uh, recollection of uh, those experiences is uh, bigger than in a woman's brain. Um, and it too also works differently. So there's an example of like, you both have an amygdala and a hippocampus, but the size and the functionality is gonna differ in between female and male brains. Isn't that interesting? But like, why? If we have the same kind of brain structure, why would our brains work differently or have different sizes within that brain? 
one reason for most of us, I think, to could easily understand is that, that there are uh, differences in the sex steroid hormones between um, estrogen, which is more prominent in females, and testosterone, which is more prominent in males. Uh, although there are um, other chemicals within the female structure, such as progesterone, which is uh, higher, and then males also have um, some different um, androgens. So because of the heightened level of those sex steroid hormones is kind of what interacts in our brain and makes things a little bit different. So in general, those uh, brain areas that different, uh, like the amygdala and the hippocampus tend to contain um, especially high concentrations of those sex hormone receptors. So that's why it would be bigger there would be a bigger hippocampus within the female brain because that's where the most receptors for that sex hormone is for estrogen. Make sense? Okay. So another key variation is brain connections. So it has been found that women tend to have a stronger connection side to side on the brain. So where we're stronger side to side, whereas men to have a stronger connection front to back. So the side to side for the women specifically, can lead to better intuitive thinking, analyzing, and drawing of conclusions, whereas on the man side to side tend to have stronger connections, which can result in higher perception and stronger motor skills. So neither one is without the other, but for a female and male brain, there's a stronger sense, whether it's side to side or front to back, and it does have a connection to, you know, focusing only on women because this is supposed to be a man's guide to women is that side to side is why women have more intuitive thinking is why we're analyzing things better and making really quick conclusions on things makes sense a little bit about how that side to side connection actually explains a lot about the difference between men and women i think it was interesting anyway there's also studies that have shown that the cerebellum uh, which historically was thought only to be in, involved in the coordination of movement may be slightly different between the sexes and actually have an effect on behavior and thinking as well. Additionally, the brain processing patterns that men and women have also different within that brain chemistry, though they all, all of us have the same neurochemicals. The brains are going to process them differently. For example, like serotonin, love serotonin. Isn't serotonin great? Well, it is connected to happiness and depression, right? And, uh, does not seem to process the same in women, which causes women to be more susceptible to anxiety and depression. Oh, do you feel like a little bit more understood? I feel a little bit more understood. It's because of my brain chemistry that I have more depression and anxiety than my male counterparts. I understand. That, let's talk a little bit about gray matter though, because in the, in the brain of women, the women's brain, there's evidence that they have more gray matter. Why does gray matter matter? Well, gray matter contains um, cell bodies that uh, help your body process information in the brain and is located within regions of the brain that are involved with muscle control and sensory perception. That's interesting. It is said that women have been found to use more white matter, which can connects the processing centers while men use more gray matter. So I don't know why women would need more. I guess like we just like leave it behind. I don't know. Uh, this could explain why men tend to have an Excel like ability to be like task focused, like they're able to do that better than women while women are more likely to excel at language and multitasking probably because of the white and gray matter in their brains. So strengths, yes, 
we all, all have them, but like there are different strengths and there's different weaknesses within each brain. So that's the, the basics of the brain. There's so much that you could get into, so much you could talk about um, as well, with uh, especially with neurochemicals. You know, that's like my favorite topic, like the way that uh, men have oxytocin, though everyone likes to promote, no, they don't because it's the cuddle hormone that women get when they give birth. No shit. Yeah, we have higher of it, but men do have it. Otherwise, they're not able to bond with us, you dumb shit. So I hope that that like brief overview of the brain though did kind of give you like a sense of like naturally women are going to process things differently from you, but that doesn't make them smarter or dumber than you, nor does it make their experiences or their reactions incorrect. It's just a part of their circuitry. So hopefully that helped you understand a little bit more about women. So let's talk a little bit about what you can do with this information and, uh, how it's going to benefit you when you are approaching a tough topic with uh, the women in your life. Lucky for you, I did have women reach out to me and express exactly what they would like for men to know at large. So this isn't just coming from me or my experiences, this is coming from women like in general. And I actually do agree with them I, and that's why I put it in this episode. My brethren, bros of the most diligent kind who have sought out information regarding women. When women are expressing some sort of frustration or worry, don't provide a solution to it. Oh, you just you just flew off the handle, didn't you? I know because like for you as a man, and I actually was just listening to a study about this and how men really like to fix things. It's just a part of your brain circuitry. It makes sense to you to present a solution because there is a problem at hand. That's not how women work and that's not how they interact with other people. When women are talking about their problems, they're looking for connection. They're looking to bond with you and to have someone understand their strife. It has nothing to do with a solution seeking conversation. That is a whole other conversation. And you know what's funny? The best way to know whether or not this is going to be a solution seeking conversation or a bonding connection conversation is whether or not she asked for advice because if she didn't ask for advice you giving advice is now unsolicited advice and how well does that go over you've probably failed a few times so when she brings up tammy ate my lunch again at work and then she cut me off in the meeting don't express how she can fix that pause Realize who the fuck asked you to give a solution and then realize this is actually a conversation where you could present an empathetic connection with them. Here's some examples of what that looks like, okay? So let's say that like she says, uh, this guy at work interrupts me every time I try to make a point in a meeting and it really makes me feel like they're like, he thinks I'm stupid. Did you see a question? Was there a question there? Oh, you, are you going to try to say you should try this or you can tell them to do this or you can uh, tell this other person to interact with you? No, 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 no. Instead, what you should be doing is listening to the information that is being provided for you and connect with her on levels that you understand would feel hurtful for you too. This is how women work. Just accept it. So, for example, let's go back to the conversation about her feeling stupid, right? What you can say instead is, I hate it when people do that too. You aren't stupid and they should not be doing that. 
you just validated her experience. You told her that you don't think her, she's stupid. So she ha understands that like you see her, you have her in high regard in this. She it, it connects you to her and that you also share that experience because you hate it when people do that too. Now, does that statement solve the problem? No, I agree with you. It doesn't stop the problem. But you know what? You're now closer with her. And that's what she was looking for. She isn't stupid. And that person shouldn't be doing that. Valid statements. Those are also true, right? Okay. So just let those be true statements. <laughs> Another thing that we've already talked about is the minimizing of the situation. You also could have minimized her experience. I'm sure that's not what they meant to do. I, I'm sure that's not actually what's going on. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Those kind of statements, keep them to yourself. That's not helpful. What, what, what did you just gain from doing that? You feel better? I hope so, because she doesn't. Someone better be feeling better in this situation. Even if you can see the other side of the argument. Let me tell you what's going to happen if you try to play devil's advocate in this certain situation. She's going to feel minimized. And that, as a result, is going to make her feel like next time she's not going to bring this up to you because you don't see it as a problem. So why would she come to you with her problems? Because you don't connect with her on it. You just make her feel small and also validate what Tim said about her interrupting her and making her feel stupid. She's going to feel stupid about it. Is that the result you wanted? Because that's what you're going to get. Even if it is more logical to see it uh, like another way and provide that devil advocate kind of perspective. If you want to understand women, understand this and try not to do that shit. Okay. It really is that simple, but I know it's hard for you, but it really is that simple. Hopefully you're not feeling too like shat upon because that's not what I'm doing here. I am trying to provide you with the very hard truth that will help you with the women in your life. That's really what I'm trying to do. I don't hate you and I don't feel like you are doing everything wrong. In fact, the fact, in fact, the fact that you're here right now listening to this episode makes me very proud of you because you could just be complacent in your ignorance, but you're trying. That's one step and it's going to be huge. The final step that I need you to do and the final information that I will be providing for you through the, the advice I'm giving today is the three questions that I have been using with the men around me and have been, you know, honestly giving me really good results that I think that all of us could benefit from. So here's the question. Sometime this week, sometime in the next five days, whatever, sit down with the women in your life and ask them these three vital questions. What do you wish I understood more about you? What do you wish all men understood about women? And how can I better make you feel heard, seen, and loved? Revolutionary. And internalize whatever they say. Make it a part of your reality. Don't separate it between a men's reality and a woman's reality because they are the same. We all live on the same world. Yes, it's going to feel different, but remember how I always end my podcast episodes? Two realities can exist at once and they're both valid and they're both real and they're both logical. It's just going to feel different. All right, so fully accept it into your reality without being defensive or deflecting or trying to minimize their experience and don't separate it. We're all going to come together in this world. All right. Thank you for listening to this week. I hope that it provided you with at least a foundation to start on. And regardless of what you're facing with the challenges of 
of interacting with the women in your life, I promise you, if you practice what I talked about today and incorporate it into your interactions, especially with asking questions instead of providing solutions, revolutionary. You're going to have a better time. I promise you. Practice your um, the weakness of your ego. Give it a little exercise. Don't cover it. Allow it to shine forth. You, it's going to be okay. All right? Next week, I hopefully will have a more fun topic to talk about that isn't going to be so heavy like today. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for coming and sharing this moment with me today. Remember to stay present. Remember that two realities can exist at once and they're both beautiful and valid. And remember to study the brain because if you study the brain, you understand people. And if you understand people, you're going to be a better person yourself. It is all worth it. Neuroscience rocks. I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.